0: Hello, welcome to the NHSR podcast. We are recording today on the 14th of December, 2023. My name is Chris Bealey. I'm a data scientist. I work at the Strategy Unit. Um, this is the NHSR podcast. If you haven't heard of the NHSR community before, then it is a community of um, analysts in, who work in health and social care in the United Kingdom. Uh, we use R in particular, hence the name, uh, but we're very friendly to other languages, such as Python. In fact, we are very great friends with R, uh, Pycom, uh, and that, that's partly what this episode is all about. Um, and we like to uh, open our code and we like to use all sorts of other uh, interesting open source uh, code tools for our work. Today, we have some special guests. It's always exciting when we have a special guest, and the can in fact, we have two special guests. So I'll we'll just have them introduce themselves first. So, Pavel, could you introduce yourself first, please?
1: Uh, hi, uh, my name is Pavel Oszachowski. I um, I have million hats, but one of them is I lecture at Edinburgh University. Uh, and I teach in business school, but also in medicine. And I essentially really, really love teaching people to code, people who um, maybe didn't know that this is something for them, uh, you know, a few years ago. And now I'm suddenly discovering that this is a, a superpower, that is a magic wand where you can do stuff. And also I volunteer in a few places among other ones uh, on a on, on few conferences and unconferences. So I'm very excited to talk a little bit about um, what conferences are and how I was uh, super grateful to be taken on that journey by Kimberley uh, who goes next, Kimberly.
2: Thank you so much. My name is Kimberly Cook. I am a software engineer, and I am also a director of Codebar. Codebar is a charity, and we teach programming to minority group members in tech for free. And we've been running free programming workshops since 2013, so 10 years now. I always joked that Codebar was my longest-running hobby, but Codebar kept growing and growing over the years because we have chapters, and chapters are workshops in cities, and it grew so much that it became my job. And so I've now been running Cobar for two and a half years full time.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much. Um so we will put links in the in the uh, in the show notes as we go along. So we'll put a, a note to um what Kimberly's referring to there in the in the um, show notes if you're interested. Um so we'll kick off. Yes, but so basically this podcast so we had a on conference at the NHSR NHS PyCon conference. It was an, from my point of view it was an absolute triumph. From the point of view of lots of other people I spoke to at the time it was a triumph. And indeed, if you look in the survey data, lots of people thought it was a triumph. So we're all very excited. And we were excited to give it a go anyway, even if it had been a bit rubbish. I think we would still would have had a podcast about it because I think it was worth having a go. Um, but happily, we don't have to have a podcast about why it was such a massive failure. And in fact, we can talk about why it was so great. So I'd sort of vaguely heard of unconferences, I think, but not really. So can we just start by just saying, like, so what is an unconference and what are some of the benefits of unconferencing?
2: Yeah, so an unconference is The easiest way to explain it is it's a loosely structured open space where there are no topics pre-planned. There are no key speakers. There are no panels or anything. And basically, as a community, as a group of people, you come together. And the first thing you do in the morning is you put the event together and the sessions together. So typically, as an organiser, I would put up a, a blank timetable and I would say, you know, there is... There are 30 minute slots and there are two, three happening at the same time or sometimes one. As an org team, you can kind of decide. Uh, And then your community, you know, your 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 audience then pitch what session it is that they want to happen. And for us and the events that we've done, sessions can typically be on anything that are focused around, you know, coding, tech, community, And what's what's really nice about them is is the sessions themselves can also be anything. You know, it could be that someone's put together a talk. It could be a panel event. It could just be an open discussion. We've had an intro to Arduino workshop before. Like the sessions can really be anything. So that for me is the the easiest way to explain It's just, yeah, like this loosely structured open space where an amazing group of people put the day together together. (laughs)
1: What I really like about these unconferences um, is that it's this blank, you know, sometimes staring at a blank piece of paper is terrifying. Like, you know, you're, you have to write a report or even an email and you stand there and you look at an empty thing. While an experience of an unconference attendee uh, is you walk into a room and there's an empty schedule, like empty calendar. And that's so powerful because as an attendee, you know, you're the only person who can fill it. Uh, you know, that's that that moment yeah. when attendees walk in and they see this calendar hanging on one of the walls. Um, and then slowly people start putting post-it notes with suggestions of, of talks, sort of. And as the morning, as the morning coffee progresses, more and more ideas sprout uh, and you sort of see this sort of power of, uh, not crowd, but power of community where people just sort of bump into each other. I see two people who are writing the post-it notes standing next to each other and they realize they're writing the same post-it note and they decided to deliver the session together even though they've never met before. You know, so that, there's, there's all of these magical, magical moments on an unconference like that.
0: Yeah, so is it... Um, I do remember that. I, I remember I, I was there, I think, with the blank... Thing. So I stood with all the, and I think a lot it was unfamiliar to a lot of people, the, the NHSR, Pycom And I do remember there was a sort of feeling of kind of like trepidation. Like yeah. almost the, the blankness of it was almost kind of like, you know, like not intimidating, but like what are we going to do kind of thing. Um, so, but I think the, the nice thing about NHSR and Pycom conference is that everybody wants to have a good time. Like, because I've been to a few conferences and there's a tendency at some of them are kind of more professional ones or academic ones. People just kind of stand around with their arms folded with, you know, and they complain about the coffee or, you know, like they're there mm-hmm. to work. You know, they're not there to be part of a community. So is it, that quite important, you think, for an unconference. And so you mentioned the word community or does it work best in those sorts of situations?
2: Yeah. And I think then the nicest thing is that, you know, people aren't turning up on the day and they're just being spoken to, you know, typically with conferences. And it's and it's why we do it. And it's why it's my absolute favourite event of the year. It's because people aren't turning up and then just sitting down and being spoken to, which typically happens at a conference, you know, they are taking part. Not only are they putting the event together, you know, they they can be invited to be on a panel on the day because someone could have an idea and say, and, you know, it happened at the Cobar event, you know, someone had this idea for a panel and then they basically just said, who could potentially be on this panel? And then four people put their hand up and said, yeah, I could be on this panel. So you turn up not really knowing what's going to happen. And that can be scary. You know, as an organizer, it's terrifying, you know, because you don't have much control you know and I never sleep well the night before because I always have this fear that I'm just going to turn up and no one's going to say anything and then we're all just going to have to go home but that community element is really nice because they that people feel really empowered because they've put the event together you know they've not just turned up and been spoken to and that I think is always what makes them so so special.
1: It's quite wonderful when you start running out of space. So on both Unconferences I've been at recently uh, at the NHSR, (laughs) Python, and also at the the Unconference Glasgow, um, we run out of rooms, you know, because you hang an empty schedule in the morning and oh, we have this room and that room and these are the time slots between nine and ten and whatever. And then suddenly... Uh, in Glasgow, we had to run one session in a broom closet because there just was no more rooms available and people wanted to talk and we had all these amazing things to share while on NHSR. Um we had one big room, but there was so much interest that people were sitting in two corners of the room essentially and just having their own in sort of chats and chats overspilled in terms of time and some people just sort of switched between session and session. So that was it was it was unexpected. Uh in, especially in a stark contrast to uh, what we uh, w- worried about as organizers. What if no one's going to, you know, what if no one will want to share stuff? Yeah. So that was quite nice. It's uh, It did brings you back sort of joy uh, and belief in humanity and community, for sure, for sure. Um, for, for me, the feeling like I've organized three conferences before and I was just exhausted at the end. While after these conferences, I went home recharged. Uh Like I really felt I gained something and but also the whole community gained something. It was wonderful. Really, really cool.
2: And I think you touched on something really nice there, because actually having blank spaces in the schedule is okay. because what can happen is someone may think of an idea during the day. And then you can go and you can say that at the beginning, you know, you can say it's okay if we don't fill this schedule up because actually it might be that you just go to a session and then think of something else that you want to talk to and then you can pop it in. And we definitely had that. And I've had that a a few of the COBOL ones that we've done where, you know, an hour or two in someone goes, oh, I've had this really good idea for, for a discussion. Is there space in the schedule? And you go, yep, there's still an afternoon slot pop it in so actually you know if you're if you're thinking of doing one and, and that's kind of a fear it's actually totally okay to have a few blank spaces because it it, it allows for a lot more creativity and, and thought throughout the day if people you know think of an idea and then go oh actually we should have a discussion on this
0: yeah it's just it's so anarchic isn't it i think that's the thing about it and it's re- you know because i as a sort of conference organizer I just felt this real weight of responsibility of, like, you know, if if this is horrible, it's my fault, and I've, you know, invited these people. Um, but that didn't happen, you know, that just didn't happen at all, because it's just it's just totally self-organizing, and people just, um... yeah, I think at one point, there was actually three unconferences going at the same time at the NHSR conference. Wow. And I naively tried to shut the first one up, because I just thought that was what you had to do. So I was just trying to do my job. Saying no, yeah. I'm sorry. We've got these people coming in, but this wouldn't—they wouldn't do it. There, there was no way those people were going to get. They wouldn't. So I just oh. thought, well, okay, fair enough. So then we just had all. It was a long room, so we just had three conferences all going simultaneously. That's
2: amazing. And then I just
0: thought, well, that's what they want to do, isn't it? They want to all carry on what they're doing. So that's you know that's all part of the spirit of isn't it? So it was great. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. There's that that
1: question, uh, like, you know, when now now that we have all these fancy new technologies or ways of doing stuff, there's always this question, how did people do it before? Like, I always wonder, how did my parents meet their pals before smartphones, right? So, but before Unconference was a thing, like, before he was in my life, I just hanged out in a coffee area a lot on conferences. And I would, like, I I remember uh, 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 verbalizing it at some point during my PhD, I think, uh, That unconference wasn't really about the talks I went to see, but about people with who I skipped the talks, you know, about the the conversations Mm -hmm. that were so useful and so good that we decided to not go to the actual conference uh, for half an hour. And I really felt that unconference was, um, especially in this NHSR Python uh, context, where it was a room of unconference and just next to it was a room of the actual conference with hundred humans and presentations and all that so it's it's sort of legitimized the feeling of like I do care about some of the speakers but also I just want a space where we can have a structured or sort of slightly fluffy conversation of a coffee Um, sort of tapping into this already existing need tapping into this already existing trend uh, in how we communicate that that was quite useful
2: and particularly if you're coming into tech as well, like uh, the one that we ran in September, you know, we had she was she's a recruiter and she's lovely. Uh, I know recruiters sometimes have bad reps, but like she is so lovely and she ran a session and it was just ask me anything. Literally, I'm going to be in this room. Come and ask me anything. And it ended up it ended up being one of the busiest sessions of the whole day because and particularly because of the audience that we're helping you know we're helping a lot of people get into tech you know break into tech so they're curious and that's the main thing is that humans are curious particularly if you work in tech because tech you all you're always learning and so actually if you if you create this environment that allows for a lot of curiosity that's where I think our conferences are so unique because what other tech event could you go to where you know you get 45 minutes with a recruiter to just ask her absolutely anything and she even said it she was like ask me about salary and I will tell you numbers she's like I'm not going to sit here and like I'm going to be brutally honest and what other event do you get to do that because yeah you might bump into a recruiter in a hallway or like you know like the hallway chat is what they call it but you may not feel comfortable asking oh I've just been offered this job as a junior developer and they've offered me this salary like is that an okay salary should I be asking for more I'm not too sure but actually if you create this space where you know in this situation the recruiter was like come and ask me anything it's just it's so wonderful
0: yeah I think one of the one of the powerful things about it for me actually and this is just this is I think for me personally really is that i think for introverts because i am very introverted it's very hard for me to strike up a conversation with someone over coffee because i'm just not that person Yeah. Uh, and of course you don't know what the person you know the, you can't strike up the conversation in the themed way anyway can you so for me an on conference is a good way for people like me who find it hard to start conversations with strangers to find people who are interested in the same things that they are and talk to them about it your point about the recruiter asked me anything it kind of reminds me of something that happened at NHSR, called, nhsr python conference which was great which was that people they posted a talk, but it didn't say, we will talk about X. They said, come and talk to us about X. So someone had written, I want to be a data scientist, but don't know how. So if you're a data scientist, please come to this, this yeah. session and tell us. Yeah. And I never even, it didn't even occur to me that someone could, I was like, how clever is that to ask, basically requesting a talk?
2: Yeah. And we had that. We had someone say, um, I'm, I'm going for my first tech interview next week um I want advice yeah and she sat in this room and then she said and what happened is again she had people come in and went I interview here's what I would expect from you and she got the job week that week later she got the job and again and she said it you know at the beginning when she pitched her sessions a bit of a weird word I I don't really know what other word to explain it but yeah and she said I'm going for my first tech interview next week I've never had a tech interview before I have no idea what to expect can people tell me what's going to happen? And, you know, tell me what type of questions I can expect. And then, you know, in that session, it was so wonderful, because you also had other people who went, well, actually, I'm probably going to start interviewing within the next six months. So I'm really curious about this. And then you had other people who do the interviewing and really wanted to give advice and help and would, and said, you know, here's the type of thing I would expect as an answer, if I was to ask you this, or you know, even having someone, you know, I I peeked my head in and, and listened at one point, and the, the bit I caught of it was some someone said, "I want you to say I don't know to a question if you don't know it, but what I would expect is for you to tell me how you would go and work it out." And they went because if you, if you give me some you know fluffy answer, I'm gonna know you don't really know. Whereas actually, I want to know where your skills what skills you don't have. So actually, if you if I ask you a technical question and you don't know the answer, be honest with me and say, Do you know what I don't know? But here's how I would work it out. She said, I would, I thought it would be bad if I said I don't know. And they went, no, absolutely not. And again, that tiny interaction is just so empower so powerful. And then like I say, yeah, I then dropped her an email like you know like 10 days later and i said you know how did the interview go did Ah. you get it and she got offered it and she said it was probably because of that session because then because she'd asked for that session she'd had those type of responses she went into it actually really calm and you know like i say if she got if she she was really worried about getting a question that she didn't know but because she'd been reassured by multiple people it's okay to say i don't know she just said she went into it so much more calm and yeah it I, I was over the moon when I heard she got the job. I was like, uh, I love some it. Some <laughs> of the different
1: sort of almost formats that happened on NHSR was, uh, I think one of the first ones in the morning was a bunch of people talking about a very geeky detail of their particular analysis. And, and then when I saw it, I think it was uh, when they do time analysis, what should, that's my understanding of it, uh, what should be the the interval? Do we analyze every week, every hour? Every three seconds, like, oh, what, what should be, you know, the, the wave of of analysis. Um, it's funny, we're recording a podcast and I'm making gestures. Um, but I I saw it on the on the schedule, and and that was my first ever unconference, and that was my first ever talk at an unconference. So I felt like, oh dear. What if it's going to be like one person really uh, passionate about their... It was like 10 people and they didn't want to leave the room. It was so excited of a conversation, like people dedicate their lives to this particular thing. And this was clearly the problem, the the next challenge they were tackling. And and I, I had a tear in my eye thinking like, wow, these people would otherwise not be in this room discussing this. And there were people from hospitals and people from ambulance service, I think. And, you know, they were discussing, clearly they're going to be saving lives better as an outcome of this particular session. And whether it's a person who gets a job at the end or people who uh, actually learn something, something practical and or or cracked a particular programming puzzle. But also there, were, there was one of the sessions was um, where sort of the, I don't know, the leadership of the NHSR and Python crew just came around the table and topic was, what's next? Like, where are we going? Who are we? What is our identity? And again, that was this feeling of being like a blessed feeling of probably this conversation would happen somewhere on Zoom somewhere, but it wouldn't be also in a room of very interested people and also, you know, you look each other in the eye and you realize we are a community. That's why we're doing this. So all this, all these very, very, very um diverse and interesting formats, but none of them could have happened if this was a conference, like a conference conference. Like a uh there's a there's a 20-minute person with slides talking to a room of hundred. Um so I, I guess there's something I wanted to share with you both, uh, which, which was quite interesting for me. Uh, and Kimberly, you've run a lot of um, UnCodeBar bar conferences, um, and and Chris, that was your first NHSR. The format was quite different. So on NHSR, there was the main conference, and this was like an overflow discussion room, almost. Uh, at the UnCodeBar, it's a dedicated unconference. It's a it's a whole day, few rooms, but every session is sort of suggested. Um, and now we're running another a small one, sort of it's for teachers of programming, so people from my background. We're running one in January, and it's gonna be in a day of sort of a conference. There'll be an hour of unconference. So amongst, so not a separate room like at NHSR, not a whole uh, event like an Uncode Bar. Uh, we're gonna try to do sort of like an open mic almost, uh, where where people who oh, did not I have enough that. material or there was just not enough space for them to do a proper ten minute talk, they'll be able to just sort of steal the mic for a few minutes. And um, yeah, and it's it's quite amazing. It's the flexibility, I guess, as we as we continue talking about what you know what makes a good unconference and how do you prepare for one. The flexibility of it is both the scary part, but also it's it's incredible power.
2: Yeah,
0: Yeah. so just quickly on the on the NHSR Pycom conference because we have mentioned it a couple of times, haven't we? So I just want to say, firstly, thank you to Pavel uh, for organising it for us. We were going to have Mary on the podcast as well. Mary, unfortunately, is not well enough to join us. Um, so thank you, Mary. Um, as, I, as I mentioned earlier, Thanks, the conference Mary. was absolutely amazing by everyone's standard. Um, so thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, so do you want to, let's just talk about maybe, that's an interesting topic, isn't it? So kind of the, the, the similar, you know, how we did it and how it, how it could else be done and you know those sorts of different because you've said yeah. that you've been to two now haven't you Pavel? obviously kimberly's been to kind of umpteen so what are the kind of strengths and you know differences of uh, kimberly forms? i would
1: absolutely love to hear your perspective because you've you've seen them and, and ran them in different countries so there's a whole culture cultural thing and also in different yes. rooms different buildings in different sizes do do share yeah
2: so i think the biggest strength and the biggest my favorite thing about running them is is the is the community side of it like you know we're really lucky that we've we've built this community of people that want to share and i think that the the best thing you can do is is give people notice so you know if, if people aren't really sure of what an on conference is tell people beforehand because if people turn up expecting a normal conference They're going to be disappointed and also a bit shocked as if like, whoa, what? wait, I have to pitch a session. So the the thing that we've done is we've always given a lot of notice to people to say, you know, this is what's going to happen. Your ideas are welcome. If if no one pitches anything, this day isn't going to (laughs) happen. And that's something we've always been really clear on. And we've always given almost a few months notice so that people people are aware of what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I've kind of always run the same format. So actually, Pavel, I think you you may have a bit more of a, an idea of like different formats, because our format has always been kind of the same. But actually, I stole the format from something else. You know, I actually, the, the way I got the idea from was a bar camp. I don't know if anyone's heard of bar camp. Bar camp is an organisation that runs on conferences. And actually, I went to one and really liked it. And it was, it was, you know, it's a format to what we, we do at Cobalt, which is it's a full day, you know, two, three rooms, and then you put the schedule together. Um, but actually the, the, the thing that they did that was quite different is they kind of do a slideshow roulette at the end, which we, we don't do, um, but ba- <laughs> basically there's a, you know, you go on a slide sharing website and I my volunteer and then go, yep, I'll give one. And then you just get given a random presentation that you've got to give in five minutes. Uh, I think one of my friends had to give a whole five minute one on catch up. Um, but yeah, so our format is is, is always kind of, it's not really changed. Uh, but I think the best thing you can do is give enough notice. Because like I said, then, because what you don't want to happen is people turn up on the day and, and have not really prepared, although you don't need to prepare, but maybe think beforehand. Oh, I may pitch this session. And actually what we did uh for the Glasgow one is we actually asked people when they're signing up, are you thinking of submitting a session? So actually as an org team we kind of had an idea. Oh, we can see that 10 people are thinking of submitting, which actually as an organizer then it's like, oh actually we're, we're going to be fine. I mean actually also our uh I've I always have kind of one session that I may run if numbers you know, don't show up. It's called a failure swap shop. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, um, in terms of like the the more difficult side of, of running a conference and, and actually in terms of format and actually the format we've run before is, you know, we've been doing them now for 10 years and we do them once a year. Um, the format hasn't always worked in our favour and the format that we do, which is two, three rooms, because there has been a handful of situations where, you know, if you've got 100 people, you know, in four rooms, statistically, let's say you're going to have 25 in each room. However, we have had situations where 70 people have then gone to one talk, and any two people have gone to another. And, we've ne- we haven't really found a solution to that unless we just do less r- less rooms but then you're cutting out four whole sessions from the day so that i would say is a weakness to our format because as a speaker if you've submitted a session and only two people turn up that feels really rubbish so that i would say is very much the downside to the format that we do and you know that's happened you know in the 10 years maybe two or three times probably even just two um, in like – and when I say like over – not at every conference, like in a session block. So, you know, session two of the third year, let's say. So, yeah, I don't know, Pavel, I don't know if you have what um, – Th- like there this, was um, a, a so just
1: the uh, following from what you said Kimberly um so it, the way we worked it uh, was slightly different on R and uh, on sort of NHSR and on an uncoote yeah. R because NHSR it was the very first time both for me and for the community and we didn't really have to head this heads up so no no one had slides. Uh, while on UnCodebar, uh, uh, Chris, uh, what happens is people know what they're going into. And Kimberly does a really good job of priming them prior, you know, with the uh, warming up email saying, listen, you, you might, if you want to, you might run a session. So you might want to have slides uh, and things you share. While on NHSR, it was sort of more of a discussion points. And people did hook up their uh, laptops to projectors to show their code and their sort of tools. Um, but that, that was that was that was quite interesting um in NHSR we had one big room it was a huge like a conference room to the level of we, we had somebody had three separate sessions at three different angles um corners of the room but on on the sort of un, on the uncode bar conference um we had smaller rooms and they had very different capacity that's what I wanted to talk about so we had a room we had a room that had yeah. fitted almost a hundred we had a room that fitted about 25. And then we had sort of cafeteria room, which was X amount of people could fit there. And we had a broom closet. Um, Or I think it was called staff room or something, but it was essentially a broom closet. Um, And and that was interesting. We're sort of worried at some point. What if we have a very, very uh, well attended session in the broom closet and a very not well attended in the main space? So how are we going to do it? So, there was this sort of stages. Initially, people um, walked into the room and there was an empty, empty day schedule. Then people wrote their post-it notes and they stuck them roughly around the daily schedule. And then on a the very morning, right after the coffee in Glasgow, right after the coffee, uh if this was your post-it note, you would grab it off the wall and pitch it to the to the room of around, you know, uh, 70, 80 people. You would say, oh, you know, I wrote on my post-it notes, uh, speaking at conferences. Like, I've spoken at a lot of conferences, but I want to talk with you about speaking at conferences. So there was sort of skill-sharing workshop I want to run, this person said, uh, about this. Um, and then people raise their hands if they're interested, So this was interesting. Essentially, imagine you have a room of 80 people. Someone says, I want to talk about blah. I want to talk about some library in R uh, or the other. And then, you know, 10 people raise their hand. And then we write little 10 in a corner of their post-it note. So later on, we know which room to allocate which to, if that makes sense. That's sort of what we did in in Glasgow. And Mm -hmm. uh, it 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 meant that it almost never happened that the rooms were overcrowded. But there are all these tricks, I think... uh, I think that that's 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 something that you learn and I guess you get better at that as an organizer it's not your job to talk but it's your job to facilitate and it's your job to make sure that it just flows smoothly yes. that uh, if they are tightly packed uh, date wise like you know on the clock then it's your job to to hint to people it's time to finish your session but if they are allowed to be flexible we can allow them to be flexible
2: And actually, you know, you can also, you know, if if those numbers don't work out and you see, you know, right at the start of the session, one room's really busy and one isn't, you can just swap them around. You know, you can go into people and you can say, actually, you know, do you want to go into the, do you want to swap with the bigger room? So flexibility, I think is like so key is that, yeah. And like Pavel said, like, I'm not here to give a talk. I'm here to, you know, create this environment and facilitate so that, you lot can do the sharing and have. Well, this was really,
1: really cool, time. and it's something I've seen. I've seen at some point Chris and and Zoe and the other NHSR people uh, engage in. and Mary was. I don't think this would have worked without Mary, who can't be with us in the room today. Uh, but the the role of a whisperer uh, was very important in the organisers, oh. as in you know, imagine people are gathering with their coffee cups around an empty schedule, and they're having we chats, and someone thinks like, oh, I would love to hear about. Quadra or something, but you know who's going to talk about it? And then just being in that crowd and asking people, well, if you did present, what would you present about? And someone suddenly starts talking about something excitedly, and then another person joins like, well, I would come to that talk, and then sort of this 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 um role of the facilitator of the organizer of an unconference as a person to make people realize they have something to say. I think that's that's something that was really, really useful yeah. that I've seen. Um, and and the the, the NHSR conference, uh, 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 our Python conference, people were just really, really good at that. Uh, and, you know, and it's, they didn't even, I, I didn't ask anyone to do it. And yet I saw people do it. I saw people give each other a, a affirmation almost that what you want to talk about is amazing. And I do want to hear it. Um, so that, and that the way it sort of, uh, yeah. Snowballed. Snowball is a good metaphor. You know, it just sort of kept gluing to each other and growing and growing.
2: Yeah, and actually, that also I i saw something similar to that actually happen at the the Unco Bar Glasgow, where someone said, "Oh, you know, I've been remote working for you know a couple of years. Would people be interested in a, just a discussion on remote working before they even wrote their post it note?" You know, they said it at the beginning when, you know, kind of the pitching was happening because they were like, well, I've been doing it. Like, I'm happy to basically answer any questions, but also like I don't want to take up space if there's something that people want more of. Um, And a few people put their hand up and he went, "Okay, cool. I'll write the post-it note and put it down. So and again, like that it was just having that flexibility to say, well, you know, I'm okay if it doesn't happen, but also I can talk about this if you the audience want it and people put their hand up so they did and that ended up being a session
0: yeah i mean on this kind of subject it's a sort of audience size and so on i think <clears throat> i mean i've been at academic conferences where <clears throat> you and your research group all go to each other's talks and you're the you're the main number of people in the room so there's maybe five in your research group who are all in the room and then two other people and that doesn't feel great um but i think the thing about an in conference maybe is that if it was, say, two people or three people, that might be two or three really, really important people. Like, I think for me, like, you know, data scientists by their nature work in the rabbit holes. You know, we work in little obscure quarters. I feel like there are two and three people in the country that would be enough for me. I'd be like, well, not many people came, but such and such, and, you know, these three people came, and they're the they're the people who know about this thing. So I'm super happy that they came, and we got chatting afterwards, and, you know, you know we're going to, you know, all this kind of thing. So I wonder whether that was almost... Because sometimes, and you get the opposite, don't you? Sometimes, just some important person stands in a normal conference. Some important person, four hundred people. They just blast this thing out. They've given the talk a hundred times before. Everyone's kind of like, "Yeah, that's all sort of interesting," and then you just move on. It doesn't move anything. Doesn't no bonds are formed. No work happens. It's just a broadcast, thing, basically. Yeah.
1: Me. Kimberly, you were saying. Um, no, it's... no,
2: no. You go.
1: There's something. There's, it's quite interesting when, when. There's a question that I wanted to answer. I guess so. We can almost pretend we've been asked it. But um, I w- when I realized I want to organize an unconference, like I've heard about the idea. I read uh, Kimberly's, you know, blog post, which I always very excited, um, um, and excitable. I really wanted to give it a shot. Uh, And then I started Googling like you do. You know, I went to Wikipedia. What is Unconference? I try to look for unconference.com, you know, like some sort of website, some sort of authority, organization, which will tell me how to do it. And very, very quickly, I realized that either I'm looking for a wrong search term or it doesn't exist. And this is very, the core of the Unconference is it's self-organized, right? It's it's supposed to, uh, you're just facilitate a, com- a community doing their thing. So then it realized, oh, maybe that's not very easily monetizable, you know? So there isn't an unconference.com. Like there isn't really, I mean, maybe there is one, but there isn't a, a very prominent organization, uh, a body that does it. There are people who do it very well and for years. Uh, and then you can learn from them, but you need to know where to find them. So, you know, my first uh, move was to uh, reach out to Kimberly because I knew that she has been doing this for a while. And then I realized, and this is what I want to share with everyone, there's a book called Liberating Structures, or a Surprising Power of the Liberating Structures, or something like that. And it's, it's a book, it started in like 70s or 80s, it's sort of a big charity project, of a bunch of people, um, and it's Creative Commons, you can literally download the book. Uh, but it's a bunch of people who organize these type of events, who organize unconferences, conferences, but also sort of self-organizing town hall meetings self-organizing, uh, um, like, how do you do a questions at the end of a conference talk, you know, like there's a speaker and someone inevitably, probably a white guy like me, is going to raise their hand and then talk for 10 minutes and say, oh, it's more of a suggestion than a question, right? Um, so these, in this book, in Liberating Structures, people come up with better and other ways to to address these pain points of how our communities are organized, You know, so for example, what they came up with was with this problem of a bad conference question. They said, you don't ask, you don't get to ask your question to a microphone. You explain your question to the person sitting next to you and they'll ask it. So imagine you have a hundred person conference rate and you have this pressing question you want to ask, but you have a minute given to explain it to a person sitting next to you and they get to verbalize it. And that immediately removes the useless questions. It removes the self gratified, you know, the, the sort of the, the stuff that is discouraged of conferences really. Um, but this is one of 40 techniques they show in the book. Um, it's, 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 so it's, it's wonderful. So I read the book and I realized, whoa, Unconference is one of those. It's one of the techniques where it's not a facilitator deciding your question is better than your question. It's more a crowd, a community, sort of a, our communal brain uh, is going. Actually, you know, as soon as we start bouncing ideas off each other and sharing, uh, that that's that's what that's that's what we can uh, that's what we can achieve a lot. Sorry, that was a long spiel about the uh, uh, liberating structures, but it was it was quite amazing that unconference is part of a movement. I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's part of uh, it's part of UN- what we're trying to do as these grassroots communities, especially communities gathered around the cause. You know, NHSR uh, and PiCom are um, it's it's around NHS. It's around using data and computers to do uh, social care and and health. Better the uh, code bar is about en- enabling people underrepresented in coding to do coding, right? But these sort of the, these 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 structures, these ways, like on conference, they really found a really good um, ground uh, uh, for for growing, you know, like trees or whatever um, in in these conferences, and that's that's quite amazing. It's a it's it's a unique moment in time where community is ready and techniques are there. And we just want to do it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's magic.
2: And it's amazing how many people have never heard of an unconference. You know, I speak to, you know, particularly when I'm speaking to companies about sponsorship, you know, do you want to sponsor this event? And they go, an unconference, what's that? And I, I have to explain it. And sometimes they're really baffled. They're like, what, so there's no talks pre-planned. And I'm like, nope. And they're like, so how 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 do we know that the the, the things even going to happen? And I'm like, well, it is going to happen, and it's 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 quite a hard thing to to almost try and sell because it is so unique. But I, unless you've been to one, you know, you you I don't think you can quite understand the magic that can happen at one because they are magical. You know, they allow for so much creativity and freedom. But yeah, it's it baffles me so much because I'm like, if you've never been to an unconference you are missing out because
0: they're amazing. Yeah, so I think we've neatly segued, actually, but I just must just quickly throw in something before we go on to the next question. So it's just very strange that you should mention liberating structures because I've never heard of that in my entire life, Um, except I've just started the strategy unit. I've been there a year now, and it's very popular, but not with like a tech-based team. It's with particularly with our strategy and change team, who are people who kind of deal with like organizational behavior and all that kind of what I would call the soft side. They absolutely love which is So it's a really lovely parallel that it's come in from a totally different angle of my job. I love that. Um, anyway, yeah, so let's just talk. You've sort of touched on it there, haven't Pavel. So like, if, if someone's listening to this and thinking, this sounds amazing, I want to have an on-conference. I'm going to run a, an on-conference. So what advice would you give that person?
1: Um, a, a, I'm not sure how useful this advice is, but if you get a chance, go to one. Like there's nothing c- quite as useful as the experience of being there and 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 as a participant and and sort of being in the midst of this particularly lovely hurricane, uh, just really really experiencing it. So that would be one step, but often it's not possible. So if that's not possible. Um, that's that's what I do. That's my default. I, I I shake the tree of my community and I see what apples fall down. Um, so I realized I had friends who went to one conferences. So I realized I had Kimberly in my network, people who organized one. So that was the next step. And then, just you know, Google your way around. Uh, there's not surprisingly not very many resources, blogs, tutorials, books about to, how to run random. But that also makes it wonderful and lovely. Um, and the final step, uh, and I was blessed with this going incredibly well, both at NHSR uh, with, with Mary and Chris and Zoe and, and um, all the great team. You, you need a bunch of people. So uh, if you have a bunch of people who are excited um, and you know you'll be able to lean on them, um, and you know that on the day they'll be able to just improvise and take on a role, uh, then it's gonna succeed. So surprisingly, on NHSR, for example, Kimberly, last minute we found out that the room we have is next door, but to get to there, we have to go two steps, two, two floors down, one floor up through the stadium, around, like you know. Um, so we suddenly needed someone who will do the running. Um or, uh, you know, yeah. at some point we needed someone in Glasgow who walk between the rooms and just let them know they just have five minutes left. You know, we needed someone with some basic art skills to draw the schedule. We needed someone to greet participants on the door. We needed someone to troubleshoot in million ways. Like, I mean, projectors always go wrong, don't they? Um, so, yeah. so it was quite, it was quite, it's, it's sort of one thing is this sort of the theory, what is it? Uh, and that you can find from the internet. Uh, another thing is the experience of it so if you can't have experience of it yourself talk to people who do and the last one you need the crew you need sort of the uh you know we're we're coming close to christmas you need a bunch of elves who will just make it happen uh so these are the sort of the three things that to address um yeah kimberly what would you say are the first steps when someone wants to
2: i i totally agree with everything you said i think having a crew is probably the most important thing because there is there is a lot happens in, you know in 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 the space you know particularly if you've got three four rooms where you know three of the rooms have a projector you know like if you can have one person dedicated to ensuring that they can help like if you can have one person in the venue who knows all the audio and visual set up really well that will be your dedicated person. So if you can, you don't necessarily have to assign roles, but have enough people where if you need, you know, like Pavel said, like if you realize that you need someone to direct people, you've got people on hand that can help you because it is unpredictable. You know, it is an unpredictable day. Like you don't know what's going to happen. For me, the other thing is, you know, depending on what structure you want, Give people enough notice, like make them aware of what the format is, because, you know, people want some time to think about, you know, even if it is just a discussion, you know, just make people aware. Oh, you know, this is the structure of the event. Here is the timings of each session. So, you know, we released the schedule beforehand to say, Each session is 45 minutes in length. You know, you can share a session, you know, like Pavel touched on earlier, like you don't have to take up the full full 45 minutes. You know, you could share it with someone, but just make people aware of what the format is and how it operates so that they don't turn up on the day and expecting something that they're not because it is so unique. You know, a lot of people will turn up to tech events and just expect, you know, a standard conference format and it isn't that. So that, yeah, crew and make people aware of you know what the format is I think of the two biggest things and then I would just say I would say definitely do one because they're just so much fun. <laughs> if you're thinking about it now, you know, I'm more than happy, you know, like I did with Pavel to like have a call, run you through how we do it, you know, like, yeah, and exactly like, you know, Pavel said, like, there aren't many resources online. So actually if there are, you know, if you're listening to this and you think, oh, I really want to do that. I'm more than happy to like jump on any calls and chat with anyone about, you know, how it could work, because I just think they are such a good environment uh for for, for people and creativity and they're unique and that's the thing you know I, I've been in tech for 10 years now and I've been to so many conferences that like for me if, if a conference is slightly different I absolutely love it and then and, and conferences are that because they're so unpredictable they're flexible and and any tech event I think at the moment that can be slightly different do it and in a conference is different so do it <laughs> That's this my is one more
1: thing that I uh, just remembered, and it's, uh, you know, we prepare stuff, we prepare our, our team, we prepare the to- topics, the room, the food, the all that. Preparing yourself is quite a, it was unexpectedly, I realized that it, it can make or ruin an unconference. As an organizer, you know, we're used to be capable people, like we're problem solving, we're running teams, we're managing, right, problems and humans. And at conferences, you really have to let go of that. Um, And there's a a lot of sort of mindful self-reflection almost required from the team. And it's only possible to run with a group of adults, you know, whatever makes us adults, whether we were just lucky or needed therapy or, um, you know, it's just to get our stuff together. Because when things go wrong, it's about letting go of the steering wheel rather than grabbing onto it tighter. Uh, and then when you see things seemingly go wrong, there was a moment in Glasgow where it looks like there will be just two sessions out of 15 things. And and my yeah. instinct was like, oh, no, no, it's time to switch to plan B. I need to pull out my recovery slides that I can, you know, give one because, oh, oh dear, what's going to happen? And instead, we all took a few breaths. And then the third person raised their hand and pitched their session. And immediately after, the fourth person yeah. raised their hand. And we had 15. But there was this moment of just allowing the breathing space. It's sort of not just on the on the calendar, on the schedule, but just not interrupting people and just sitting just for a minute in this uncomfortableness of what are we going to do now and how it's going to work. So that was quite interesting. This, you know, entering the room with this awareness that I'm not in charge. The community, well, maybe no one's in charge, but the community will run this Um And we're just there to facilitate it.
2: And as an organizer, so you 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 have to remain calm in whatever situation (laughs) happens because the moment you start to show any stress or worry, that can really reflect on the audience. So yeah, exactly like you know, Pavel said, like you you need to let go of the control because you don't have control. You know. I, you know, the other event we do at CoBar, there's very much like, you know, a call for proposal. We get the speakers in. You know, it's very structured. It's almost the complete opposite to what on Bar is. But regardless of what event you run as an organizer, you have to expect not everything to go to plan because you you can't predict every single thing that's going to happen on the day. You know, the the unCoBar that we ran in in uh, September, we ran out of lunch. <laughs> And that's the first time in ten years of running Cobra. You know we've run over two thousand workshops and events now. I think it's the first time we've ever run out of food. And we just we just unpredicted the amount of bow buns people would want. Basically, we we predicted people may want two bow buns each and a bit of a side, because people really liked these bow buns. That a load of people that came up first took three. So what happened is ten people didn't have food because all the bow buns went. And that's what happened. But I was like, Do you know what? It's going to be okay. Like, I've got delivery on my phone. I literally quickly just delivered a couple of pizzas, and I just said to those ten people, "Look, I'm really like, I'm really really sorry. We we'd mismanaged numbers. It's our fault. However, we've just got on delivery in twenty minutes. There'll be some pizzas here. We're really sorry." And they were like, "It's fine. It doesn't matter. We'll just wait." So, you know, and and I could never have predicted that was going to happen because, well, if I had, we would have ordered more bowel buns, (laughs) but we just mismanaged numbers. So regardless of what happens, you know, things may may go wrong or, you know, they just may not go as you expected, but you have to remain calm. And, you know, if something like that does go wrong, go, do you know what? We're really sorry. We mismanaged numbers. We're human. We're not robots. We're not chat GPT where we can predict. Like, we're humans. And People are nice. People are kind. You know, it's it's okay. Just yeah, you just have to remain calm <laughs> because you can't predict every single thing that that may or may not go go to plan.
1: <laughs> no, that was yeah. I was about oh, to say that really I'm about. I'm excited to do it again, and I think that's that's a strong message for me. But I had a feeling that all the participants, um, they did, and they that that was the general feeling in the room like people really wanted to come again do it again in whatever format or take the spirit of open conversation into their meetings into their rooms you know and and ded- dedicate 10 minutes of of the yeah. weekly meeting to any other business and actually dedicate it to any other business you know that that type of things where you you just sort of take it with you um both as an experience but as a skill um i think that's that's what excited me on a day, but that's what excites me now. What two, three months after NHSR, a month after Glasgow and Code Bar, um, I, I I'm looking forward to to being at more of these UN conferences, and I'm looking forward to organizing or facilitating more of them. I think it's uh, it's a it's a worthy uh, thing, but also it was so much fun. Um, so, uh, Chris, you did mention that uh, maybe next year in NHSR uh, Pycom, uh we'll do something like that again.
0: Indeed, yes. So we—I don't think the, the program's been finalised, but as far as I know, there is a great deal of excitement about doing it again. I'm very excited about having another one. Um, but yes, so we shall see. Nice. Um, okay. Well, thanks very much. So we'll leave it there then. Um, so I just want to thank Pavla Mary again for running the NHSR NHS, NHS PyCon conference. It was an absolute triumph. I want to thank Kimberly for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank um you. if you are interested in getting any advice from Kimberly, as she's kindly offered, if you email um NHS.rcommunity at nhs.net, we're very happy to kind of like pass any messages on and share some of the wisdom. It does sound like it's quite obscure, I've never Googled it to be honest, so I didn't know this, but it sounds like it's a bit obscure, so we can possibly help each other a little bit here, can't we, with um and maybe we might even post some stuff on our blog or on our GitHub or just something as a bit of a resource. That might be something useful to do. Um, so I'll thank you both again. Um, the NHSR podcast will be back. We don't have anything planned at the moment. We probably do a newscast actually soon, so maybe look out for a newscast quite soon. Um, uh, so and we'll see you all. Uh,
1: if if I still can. I would love to say thanks to everyone who was involved in the unconference in Glasgow. Uh, so I'll I'll shout out to my team because it's. It wouldn't have happened without them. We had their Kat and Pat and Alan and Radesh um, and Yusuf and Jolt. Um, and I think Tara joined us as well. Uh, and obviously Kimberly and and me. So that was, that. these were the people without who it just wouldn't happen. And in NHSR, there was, you know, Mary stepped in to, to help out, but also um, Kelly and... And Chris and Zoe and and Muhammad and people just sort of and a million other people who I don't remember. It, it was a uh, big heart to everyone who was there and who helped out. That was wonderful. Thank you very much. Thanks. Kim. Thank
2: you so much, everyone.